Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 236. I'm your host, Blaine Putney. I am joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. Yeah, what a week it's been, huh? I'm happy to finally see a win. <laughs> I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Blues victory. I mean, the victory over the Blues. It's Same just thing. habit Same at thing. this point. Same. St. Louis won. Yes. <laughs> it was guaranteed that someone named St. Louis would win. Yeah. Depending on the dialect. Yeah. 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 I mean, St. Louis, Missouri was founded by French settlers, so it should be called St. Louis. So it still works. <clears throat> Louisiana Purchase screwed up. Um, all right, so we've got the Blues game to talk about. There's a ton of rumors going around. We're going to get to that. What we'll do is we will start it off with some uh, news and notes, some updates that have happened in the last couple of days since our last episode. Um, the first thing is the Canadians hired a couple of new people. Uh, with the worst kept secret in Montreal, Vincent Cavalier joins the Canadians as a special advisor to Kent Hughes. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Matt. It just seems that, uh, as you said, like it was in the news for the longest time and we just assumed that it was going to happen. There was a lot of AGM talk, but I was thinking, you know, somebody that doesn't have a a hockey ops background probably isn't going to be thrusted into that kind of position. And now we find out that he's a, senior advisor to hockey operations. So he's going to be working alongside Ken Hughes Um, based on the uh, press conference that he had. It seemed like he's going to be kind of like a jack of all trades. He's going to be uh, talking with players. He's going to be uh, scouting 
pro players, amateur players, et cetera, and kind of just doing what he's asked to do from, uh, from uh, senior management. So I welcome him to the team. Um, it's, uh, it's good to have him there in some sort of capacity, especially with St. Louis there and uh, their relationship. Obviously, the relationship with Ken Hughes is his uh, former agent. It's uh, it's too bad that they never was able to make it work with uh, him coming in as a player. But we can now say that uh, Vincent Cavier is a member of the uh, Montreal Canadiens organization. And I look forward to seeing what he brings to the table. And it didn't cost everybody Pacioretty, P.K. Subban and Carey Price to get him there. Yeah. And a second. And a second. Yeah, always throw that in. And Halak. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Throw in the second. <laughs> Ryder. Ryder, Halak, and a second. That's the one. Um, yeah, it, he's he's doing a little bit of everything. He, you know, so Hughes asked him to do some video research on, uh, on Heinemann, got his thoughts on the prospect. So it looks like he's he's just getting some help. A little bit, uh, just an added voice. I, I like it. I like the fact that he's got that that little bit more and for the and for the quebec based uh uh fanboys i guess we'll call them that everything needs to be everything that needs to be uh everything needs to be french everything needs to be quebecois etc he doesn't count he lives in florida but this is another french canadian player that they're bringing into the organization very well respected within the within the hockey community, et cetera. So I welcome him, and I, I said I look forward to seeing what he brings and what he can bring to some of these young players with uh, with his teachings, I guess, and with his words of wisdom. Trey? Well, for some reason, RDS and TVA hate the fact that they hired uh, Le Cavier. Uh, a couple of them have even said basically he's getting paid to do a job and not even need to be at the job. Um, but I think LeCavier, I mean, everyone's kind of freaking out about a guy who's just going to give advice every once in a while on what he thinks about things. And Gordon and Hughes are going to say, oh, okay, yeah, it's good advice, thanks. Or they're going to be like, you're an idiot. We're not going to call you anymore. Yeah. But uh, um, but I, I think you're right. I think he's going to help with scouting. He's going to help with... Uh, you know, uh, we're thinking about trading for this player. What do you think of this guy? You know, uh, you know, stuff like that. It, it's it's an advisor. It's like Roberto Luongo, what he's doing in Florida. True. Just sitting there and giving his advice on certain players and certain things. And, you know, from his experience of the playing in the NHL and his experience you know, in the, in the, in the hockey world, what he thinks. It's something we're seeing a lot more nowadays. Anyway, like Anaheim just brought in Scott Niedermeyer. Um, We'll look at Briere. Briere just was in a, was a finalist for the Canadians GM position. And now he's with the Flyers as a, uh, as an advisor. Right. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not a new concept, but obviously people are going to bench. Yeah. They're complaining that it's a country club mentality because they're hiring their friends. Because no team anywhere else in the NHL does that, except for 31 other teams in the NHL. (laughs) Well, I'd rather them hire people they know and trust. I mean, uh, mean, let's talk about the other guy they hired, uh, Babrov. Nikolai Bobrov, who is the co-director. Yeah, the co-director of scouting. He's basically going to be the European, head European scout is what he's going to be. Co-director of scouting. So it looks to me like it's, Martin Point is there. He's the director of scouting. They're going to keep him there for this draft because he has all the information. Bobrov's going to jump in with some European scouting information. 
but is likely to take over the uh, the portfolio after I, this draft. Personally, I'd like to see it kind of split up and have um, keep LaPointe there in the position that he is, plus the, he's the uh, director of player personnel, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And then make him in charge of North America and then have Bob Rov out for Europe and Russia because he was the, he's been a director of European scouting with Boston. He did that for five years. And then he was with the Rangers for seven or eight years. And then he took a, uh, a stint with uh, St. Petersburg in the KHL and he was the North American scout for them. So the guy, the guy knows what he's doing. You're saying that he was only hired because Jeff Gordon knows him. Clearly. My God clearly but um but i would i would i would keep him i would keep him in europe and have him based there he'll be he'd be in charge of the european scouts and the russian scouts and in that side of uh, that side of the world and then keep the point and then his staff over on the north american side and then they can have the back and forth instead of having one guy in charge of everybody i think that, it that's, would, the, that's the way i look at it too i think it's going to be a split that's why i say he's going to be like the european I think it's going to be split. I don't think LaPointe's losing his job over anything. No, if I anything, think LaPointe's getting promoted. Maybe, but uh, I, I think uh, I like that idea too. Uh, now you look at uh, of the 37 people Barbarov's drafted, nine have made the NHL as regular NHL players. Um, then what are 37 Europeans they picked? Many of them are post third round. Yeah. I, I just went by this yeah. stat that I saw on the. Uh, um, but I mean, you got guys like David Krejci, you got yep. uh, Capo Cac or Keiko Cap, uh, whatever the hell. Capo Caco. Capo Caco. Capo Caco. Uh, you know, you have some some good guys there. And yeah, then that was also a gimme pick, though, because they had the second award. It, it was. It was a gimme pick. But, uh, you know, every scout or every uh, head of scouting or scouting has hits and misses, and Gorton trust this guy uh, kratsov is another guy he drafted he helped draft um uh gorton likes this guy and i'm not i listen i don't understand why people are so upset about someone hiring someone they know or someone that like they're all related they're all they trust each other they know each other uh they worked with each other before i'd rather have a cohesive unit than say what bergevin did and just went all right i'm gonna hire you and I'm going to hire you and I'm going to hire you. We've never worked together before, but we'll see how it works. It's based on arm size. Yeah. Now it's, now it's about thighs. That's why he kept him. He kept him because of the arm. But with Bob Rob, uh, the Canadians already have uh, a director of European scouting. He's already in place. Uh, They're going to hire more staff for Europe without a doubt. They've already said they will, but Bob Rob, with his years of experience, with his familiarity with Gorton, I really do see him as, he's already been named co-director of scouting. So it, it just kind of points to the fact that once this draft is over, he is going to step into that role. That point's probably going to be, uh, this portion of his job is probably going to drop to Bob Rob. And LaPointe's going to worry about development. Director of player personnel usually worries about development and that's a huge portfolio that uh gordon and hughes have both mentioned like it's going to be an all-encompassing thing so they're going to need someone with they need someone to not focus on multiple things 
it's very clear that they're giving specific roles to each and every person they hire so that they have more voices, but also these people can focus on the task at hand. That's the direction I see them going. But we'll, time will tell. I could be completely wrong. Um, my wife tells me I am all the time, so it makes sense. Um, the next little bit of news, and this is a, this is a bit of a surprise. Uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain, uh, the gold medal winning hockey player for the Team Canada women, thank you for winning, uh, has apparently been offered a contract with Trois-Rivières. So the uh, Habs ECHL affiliate out of Trois-Rivières, de Lyon, apparently have a uh, contract offered out to Marie-Philippe Poulain. I think this is a great idea. She is the best female hockey player in the world. Why not bring her back to Quebec and give her a chance to play professional hockey at home? There's the PR aspect, of course, but I think she can actually pull it off. I think she has the skill set that she can actually play at that level. There are things that actually go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say I don't know if she I don't think she'll actually sign the contract. I think probably not, of, but I, I, I do see that she could play there. Yeah. I, I think she's the face of women's hockey right now, and I think she's gonna try to promote a woman's hockey league or get the yeah. women's hockey league more on the road than what they've been doing and failing so far. Um so I, I think it's great that they reached out to her. I think it would be awesome if she uh signed and just to prove that women can play in a men's league. And uh, if you have the skill set to play, why not? Um, I know there's a certain Twitter person who disagrees with me vehemently. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> those kinds point, of people. That to the point he went fact. into DNA and all this kind of stuff, of men and women and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, um but in the end, I, I don't think she, I think she's going to use her name and her face and her whatever to uh, create a much better women's league. So, anyway, Matt. So I was thinking uh, this if if she does this has to be done in a professional way, and it yeah. can't be seen as a as a as a PR okay. move or a stunt or something like that because we all know that Menal Rayom she plays she was the first one, but then it was quickly like everyone everyone called it a publicity stunt even the even the people that made it happen and, and, and this is something that we we wouldn't want to see happen um we know that uh, mary Philip point she can definitely play hockey she uh you know she scored at least a goal in was it four olympic finals now so like we know that she can play she's a very clutch player as Treg said, she she we could call her the face of women's hockey right now. She's right up there with uh, on the American side with uh, with someone like Hillary Knight. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 about it. If it's going to happen or not, I would support it either way. But I kind of agree more with Treg to the fact that I believe she's going to use um, her name and her, her accomplishments to try to push uh, a little bit more towards women's hockey league. However something like this could could be a bump so it yeah. could be it could be something that she could really look into and uh we might see it um we might see it from other teams and 
I'd be interested to see how well she plays in the ECHL. Like, yeah. I'm not knocking women hockey. Like, don't get me wrong, but she's very skilled in women's hockey. Yeah. Um, and, and, and women's hockey still basically in the infancy stages. Correct. Of development. And so, so when you get like a Haley Wickenheiser or a Poulin or something like that, because Wickenheiser, she played over in Finland. In, in Finland. And she did well. She was she was a third liner, I think, on the Finnish team. And yeah, got some goals. She didn't blow the socks off anyone, but she wasn't she wasn't out of place either. Yeah. And so I'd be interesting to see how Poulin would do in the ECHL, just yeah. to gauge to say. Because women's hockey is here and men's hockey is here. And it has nothing to do with how well the players are. It has to do with the fact that men's hockey has been around since 1800s. And uh, women's hockey seriously has been around 20, 30 years, maybe. Yeah, this incarnation. The women used to have a pro league back in the late 1800s, but uh, it, it kind of died away. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you've had women, girls play hockey, but they're always on a boys team and that after they reached their yeah. teenage years, they had nowhere to go, nowhere to play. Yeah. So it's not about men being better than women. It's about men just have all the benefits to train better and become better than women do at this point. Um, so I'd be interested to see how well she does against, like I say, ECHL players. I mean, I think the ECHL would be a perfect North American league for a woman to uh, uh, see how well they stack up against uh, against men in the men's league. And, I have no issue with women playing in any league if they have the skill set. And I've said this before. Uh, if a guy the size of Cole Caulfield can play in the NHL, then a woman can play in the NHL if she has the skill set. If yeah, she, exactly. Again, she has to have the skill set. It should be a league based on talent and talent alone. Ability. Um, I mean, all I, right. So I think, yeah. I think that pretty much covers all our little news and notes for the opening of the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the – the game against the blues that happened as we record it's Thursday or Friday, the 18th of uh, February. So last night's game against the blues, but before we do, I'd like to mention our friends over at boxing rock brewing and their delicious puck off lagered ale brewed here in Nova Scotia. If you got up at the break of dawn and spent all day drinking rink coffee while cheering your team under your hockey blanket, you and your dedicated waves deserve a super refreshing, perfectly normal beer to share with your friends. Puck Off Lagered Ale is brewed with hockey and all of its characters in mind. Cheers to a great puck off and cheers to you, hockey parents, inspiring coaches, valiant referees, and of course, the ever loyal fans. That is Boxing Rock's Puck Off Lagered Ale, available at every NSLC in Nova Scotia. So the Blues game, not bad. <laughs> I think honestly, it was it was nice to see the Canadians play a full game. They they there were some issues. They still made some mistakes, but you could tell from start to finish, uh, the desire was there, the effort was there, and the the focus was there. They were they were playing to win and the playing for pride, and we haven't seen that in a long time. Well, ever since uh, San Luis took over, we've seen kind of a rejuvenation of the lines and uh, effort level and the second efforts and uh, puck battles and everything. And, you know, I know we're going to get into Caulfield here and he's always his winner, but uh, that's the player that to me has been the most rejuvenated and uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. I think it's, I think that uh, having San Luis behind the bench, if he stays or not as the head coach, 
Um, I think this is just a huge bump for his, uh, for his development, for his confidence. And we've, we've seen him put the puck in the net now uh, four times in four games. So good on him and good on the coaching staff. Yeah. If, if, for, if nothing else, the St. Louis hire has helped Caulfield. And if that's all that happens out of the St. Louis hire, it was worth it. I don't think it just helped Caulfield. I think Paling's game has been much better since St. Louis. Got, I don't know. I don't think Paling's played bad all year, but uh, Paling's game has been much better. Uh, there's a, there's a bigger jump in steps. Like Gallagher, if it wasn't for Gallagher's uh, extra effort to stop the empty net goal, the, the yeah. game doesn't go to overtime. Yep. Um, Anderson seems more engaged. Everyone just seems more engaged in the play. They seem more. Even Jeff Petrie offensively, not so much defensively. Uh, I mean, he has three but points. his play has improved. Games. That has improved. I just, he still just makes at least two stupid mistakes a game. Yeah, he's making there's, a lot of defensive gaps for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of room for growth in his game. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. But the better. fact is, it's better now than it was two weeks Correct. ago. Correct. And and I think it has a lot to do. I mean, even Dauphin had a good game uh, yep. uh, last night. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, uh, St. Louis said in uh, his presser is that uh, they're taking, they're, they're doing things one thing at a time. They're not focusing on four or five different things at the same time. He's, he's, he's going on. So he noticed that they're doing this wrong. So that's what they focus on. Fix that and move on to the next one, fix that. And eventually over time you get everything fixed, which I think is what we've seen in St. Louis and and, and you play uh, an excellent 60-minute game. Now, I, I will admit I said uh, uh, about the goal on Montebo, the second goal was a terrible goal. But after I watched the replays, I don't think it, I, I, I don't think he would have saved it regardless. Uh, I, when I first saw it, I thought he was kind of slow getting over. Um, <laughs> that was that, a hell that, of a shot. That, that was a hell of a shot. So I will take that back and say that was not a terrible goal by Montebo, who is another guy who since Martin St. Louis, he's been excellent. He's been... Yeah, you know, I mean, he's. We said for weeks and months he's left a bad goal in a game, and he had in the last few games he hasn't really let any bad goals in. Like, he's been I think part, really solid. Part of that is as well, I believe, is them bringing in Hammond. Yeah, and and, yeah. and knowing and knowing that uh, his NHL job on the line. Uh, could be on the line. Yes, yeah. and I believe we're going to see him uh, on there. I, I think we're going to see Hammond in the next game. And I yeah, think I think so. Too. I think they're going to keep Montembeau for the Leafs. Uh, I believe on Monday as they when yeah. they play them. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, his debut. Um, but everyone's like I say, uh, St. Louis has changed that team around. Uh, what they've lost their first three, but even in those games, it was exciting hockey. Like they they weren't it, out it was of close. it. They weren't they yeah. weren't blown out. I think they what they lost two one with that the Columbus seven, game. The Columbus uh, game yeah. five three, but it was an empty net goal against Buffalo. Uh, and what was the first game? Five two um, or five three against Washington. Yeah, five three against Washington. Yeah. Yeah. But that also Six, an empty three, net goal. They empty net goals. Um, yeah. And this one here was a comeback win. They were down. Uh, yeah. Caulfield scored with eight seconds left, and then scored again in overtime. And the fact that they won in overtime—that's yeah. that's an accomplishment itself. They Just played to win in overtime. That, yeah. It's not that they won in overtime. He iced line. Koivu or Koivu. <laughs> Caulfield, who's who's going to be hired next? Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here Caulfield first. <laughs> and Suzuki. Caulfield, Suzuki, and Petrie had two shifts in that overtime, uh, and they scored on their second shift. Yeah, two twenty-two, uh, two twenty-two yeah. into the into the period. Yeah. 
Dominic Ducharme never would have done that. He he no. would have he would have played to he would have played the Julian uh, yeah. play to save our point. You've already got the point. Yeah. <laughs> and in between right? those two shifts, he put out a he put out another line uh, that was based on speed. He used yes. guys who can skate. So yeah. Byron was out there, and interestingly enough, mm. Schooneman. Mm. Yeah, who, who I thought had his best good. game. I think he had his best yeah. game. He looked very good. And yeah, Schooneman, he was actually he was actually second in ice time for defenseman yeah. last night. And Only Schooneman's game, Schooneman's game is based on skating and mobility. So he 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 keeps tight gaps. He looked very good. He looks a, he looks like he's going to be a solid third pairing kind of guy. Yeah, I think he's gonna pull. I think he's gonna stick around. I, I, if, especially if someone like Kulak leaves or Sharad, yeah, we know that's yeah. probably gonna leave. But um, right now, like I trust him a hell of a lot more than a guy like Clegg. I see Shudeman as Kulak's replacement. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. As as a the guy they bring in for the third line, for like he won't line, play every game, but no, he'll be. Uh, but he, he, he could also play in the second line if he has to. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like Kulak. Kulak kind of, if he, he had to play in the second line, he was the guy. They needed someone on the second line. That's who they put in. Yeah. But I mean, he'll be a regular third. He'll be a seventh but defenseman. But that's the style of player they want on the blue yeah. line: mobility, speed, uh, smart defensive positioning. That's what they're looking for. And yeah. it, to put him out in overtime with other people who can really skate well, like Evans and Byron. He was out there with them in between the two shifts for uh, for Suzuki's line. That shows that, like you said. St. Louis looking to win. He's not, yeah. he's not icing, you know, he's not putting um, Sherrod and, and Deneau. Sherrod, Deneau and Armia. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not playing for the tie. He's yeah. playing for the win. Yeah. Speaking of Armia, Armia was the, uh, the least used player last night, 951 a and a, yeah, 951 and ice time last night. There's a good he reason. Had, had yeah. a got kicked game. in the face. Yeah. yeah. That too. Yeah. But uh, actually, he he played well against Buffalo. Armia, I yes. thought, had an excellent game against Buffalo. Uh, where he, he didn't look that his... bad against Columbus either. No. no, but he didn't look very good against St. Louis last night. I, I, he was, I think, one of the ones that I, I didn't like his play. But he would have had a lot more ice time. He would probably been closer to fifteen minutes he, had he, he not taken that skate, more, more, skate more, more than likely. But I, but I noticed that. Uh... They were giving a lot more ice to like, obviously, you know, Suzuki's going to play a hell of a lot. He played 24, 44 last night. Um, Evans played um, quite a bit because his line was really gelling. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what these, you know, like post trade deadline, what's, what's going to happen. And um, are we going to see guys like Pizzetta come in? Are we going to see, uh, was it Tyler Pitlick who they picked up from Calgary? Yeah. Is well, he, you know, when is he going to make his debut, et cetera? He, he's waiting to have a baby. So I don't know. Yeah. He's gonna, so it might yeah, be a little, so may, it might be a little be a, bit. Yeah. We're going to get a new uh, pit liquor. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think Pizzetta fits what the Gordon Hughes and them want. I, I don't think he fits. He their, does and he uh, doesn't, you know, there's, he's on that, he's on the borderline. Uh, but for the, for the game itself, back to the game itself. Um, huh. There was there were so many other things like Caulfield his his usage was up and the he would play on a line with Paling sometimes or Suzuki based on you know when power plays happened when the last shifts were or penalty kill and it didn't matter who he was on the ice with he was attacking the puck carrier on the forecheck he was he created turnovers he was shooting the puck he was he was trying to create offense. 
So this uh, St. Louis goal of uh, not systems, but concepts, it looks like that's working for, Mm. for the offensive guys, because they're not, they're not trying to play in this North South or, you know, I have to be at this spot at this time for this puck to go here. And then we, it's not a, it's not a formula. It's not a formula, a formulaic offense. It's, it's it's free flowing. And they never give the St. Louis players any room. They didn't give them any room to do anything like the, the, if, if the guy had the puck, someone was right on him and he either had to pass the puck right away or find a way around him. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Ducharme, it's almost like they stayed, oh, they got the puck now. We're just going to come to the blue, the red line. Oh, now we're going to back up to the blue line and kind of just let them all come in. And I, yeah. I think their job is we'll just push them out. We'll just push them out. And once you give them space and speed and time, they're just going to go around you. <laughs> yeah. There was massive gaps in between yeah. the forwards and the defense with uh, Ducharme systems. And they were, the other team was just taking advantage of those giant gaps. Like you said, they were building speed in those, those small areas and then taking it wide because the, the Canadians are giving up the blue line. Yeah. The thing that I'm really liking or that I really liked about last night's game is that every one of the goals, they went to the net. Yes. Every, every one of the goals that were scored um, were within, were within a, a, within a few feet of the blue paint, every, every goal. So like it, it the, the mentality of just getting shots on net or just shoot it when it's on your stick is kind of, is kind of being passed over a little bit. Like they're, they're playing a lot harder, but they're going to the dirty areas and they're competing a lot more for the pucks. And it showed last night. And uh, I said, Caulfield again with another, uh, another beauty. And, uh, and I know, and and I, and I know that uh, in the, in the past, like it just seemed like um, a team goes down with a minute, a minute or so left and everyone, you know, heads are hanging on the benches, et cetera. But as, as you said, uh, when you talked about overtime, they were playing to win. Yeah. And uh, you, you saw the boost in that, in that team and on the bench when Caulfield scored the, scored the tying goal. And obviously how excited they were for him when, and, and obviously for San Louis for getting his first win. So hopefully it's a, it's a positive sign for things to come. We know this team's going to be a lot different. But if these core players can um, harness this energy and harness this winning mentality and uh, and build upon it, that locker room is going to be so much more positive. And uh, moving forward, these young players are gonna are gonna thrive in that in that environment. And it's too bad that only 500 uh, fans were gonna be, were in attendance for it because I as I think they would have uh, blown the roof off that place when Caulfield scored that goal. What I liked about the tying goal by Caulfield. He, he got himself in the perfect position. He was right next to the net, but the pass that Weidman made that was to get pass. to him was yeah. a nice pass. And that's, that's the strength of Weidman's game is his offensive ability. Yeah. Now you can, we can argue how good or uh, how good of a, a, an ability it is, but that's his strength yeah. and he's playing to his strength and it worked there. So he's not, he's not second guessing himself. He's I'm going to get the puck on his stick and, there it was it was there i i know we've talked a little bit about kulak moving i, I weidman could be another guy that uh, oh, yeah. that teams could call on for uh yeah. even for a you know a, a seventh defense six seven a six seven guy for the playoffs right so he's it's, got some another, offensive that's another fifth or sixth round pick yeah, for exactly. the canadians so yeah. i don't see why not could be, and could be um a... i want to i want to 
acknowledge the beauty that was Paul Byron's goal. Scoring a goal, his first of the season, sixth game back in his 500th game in front of his wife and kids. That was a thing of beauty. He parked himself. He literally stood still in the slot and just waited for Lekkonen to get that puck right on his stick. And he just tapped the top corner. It was perfect. So like you, there's, like you had said just a couple of minutes ago, all the goals were scored within a foot or two of the net. Yeah. And, by, three, and, by, three, by three guys that could easily get thrown, thrown away from yeah. the net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caulfield is easily, uh, you know, he's a small guy. Byron's a small guy. Lekin yeah. is not very big. St. Louis, St. Louis has some pretty, uh, some pretty big boys for defense, yes, right? Do. So. And that's uh, not a team to take lightly. I know there's no star power. I mean, you got Tarasenko and O'Reilly, but by standards that you know like people keep pushing touting and blowing the tootin and the horns for uh guys like uh marner and matthews yeah the blues are a good team they are they're a strong team and they play their system perfectly yeah. and they're there are contenders this year they're the a one thing, team. They are, right. they're very balanced the one thing before we move on because we've yeah. we've kind of we've kind of hit this game for quite a while the one thing i did not like um well, the thing is, we're talking about a win, so it's something that we're finally getting to talk about. So, uh, the one thing I didn't like, though, when I tweeted about it, was Barube bitching on the bench, saying, "Oh, that's five to one. That's the five to one for the calls." And then after that, there were four penalties in two minutes, three of them to Montreal. So it kind of it kind of changed the game a little bit. Uh, obviously, Montreal still came out on top, but I just think it was an amateur thing to do. And um, yeah, you know, this is the veteran. Is, but but the thing is, it's a veteran coach, and you shouldn't be. Yeah. You don't you know don't be a bitch. You know what I mean? Like you've got a, you've got yourself a good team. You're playing the best <laughs> team. You're playing the worst team in the league. Um, and like for especially when some of the calls that were made, um, ticky tack. Some of you know what some of them were. Um, the one that, uh, the stick came up and hit to, was it Caulfield, I believe in the face. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you are, you can't argue that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that. I said something about that too. I said, and I've noticed there's more, but that's what a coach does. Like he, yeah. he's gonna listen. Yeah. We've taken five penalties of their one. What's going on here. Yeah. A veteran coach knows the ref's going to say, well, you know, maybe we should balance this out a bit, even though they're not supposed to. And uh, I, have no, we I don't have, do. I personally don't have an issue with that because I would want my coach to on uh, my team to do the exact same thing. All right. So before we move on, one more thing, shout out to Canadians favorite official, Chris Lee for his, uh, for his hot mic last night. If you guys haven't oh, checked yeah. it out, yeah. make sure to go check it out. It's pretty damn funny. <laughs> Shut the oh, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't leave the mic on when you're going to yeah, tell a player the... to go fuck himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What the fuck? You knew I was going to call that penalty because I called two on the other team just before that. So you knew I was calling it anyway. And I had picked the other team to win anyhow. Chris, Chris, Chris Lee. I got to make my pro line. Canadians legend. (laughs) Canadians playoff legend. Yeah. Uh, All right. So moving on from the Blues game, we're going to get in a little bit into some rumors that have been going around. Uh, If you, we, we talked about Toffoli in the last episode. We had, uh, we had a member of the Hockey Writers Flames crew come on, talk a little bit about that trade, actually quite a bit about the trade. But Matt, you weren't here because you were working. So let's get your thoughts on what you think about that trade. For me, it surprised me. Um, 
this is a guy that uh, said that he was born to be a Canadian and really a glue guy and everybody loved him. And uh, even St. Louis talked about him uh, after they traded him saying that he was kind of like the unofficial captain of the team with Weber out. And um, I can't say that right now I'm a fan of the trade. Um, I'm, we're obviously going to have to see a little bit more of the player that they traded for what they can turn the, uh, the pick into, et cetera. We'll see. Um, as of right now, I'm not really a big fan of it. As I said, I believe that he brought so much to the lineup. He was a fantastic contract, played a good two-way game, had chemistry with Suzuki. And uh, I know it's part of hockey, but uh, that was that was kind of a name that I wasn't ready to let go. And it was it was just a surprise that uh, that he was the especially with years left on his contract. It was just a surprise to see him uh, tra- be traded. Um, before the deadline, of course, it was clearly a move for the for a rebuild. I mean, they didn't they didn't retain any salary. They don't have any salary going into next season from this deal. Yeah. They get a first. They get a higher like a yeah. higher end prospect that they had their eyes on. So yeah, and and I know that and a lot of people. 30. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have been bitching about the getting the first round pick and not getting somebody like a Connor Zary or Jacob Peltier or something like that. Well, the pick that you're going to get depending on where they, where they're going to pick, you're going to get, it's going to be a 20 plus pick. Okay. Connor Zary and Jacob Peltier were both picked in the twenties. We mentioned that that last week. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so, right. So with somebody like, um, you know, a K Andre Miller, um, Justin Barron, Hendricks LaPierre, Jake neighbors, et cetera. Like there's, there's some players that are out there. There is some depth when you hit into the twenties. One guy that I'll say that's likely going to go in the twenties is a guy named Ty Nelson at a North Bay offensive defenseman. He might be a guy that they'll take a look at in the twenties. If not, don't pick pick anyone out of North Bay. North Bay sucks. (laughs) If not, (laughs) everybody in North Bay sucks. You heard me go wolves. If not, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if the country club keeps, uh, (laughs) <laughs> keeps adding new members and they look at Northeastern university and pick Jack Hughes. <laughs> uh, Marco De, uh, D'Amico. Uh, he said uh, too, that the strength in this, in this uh, draft is going to be from 15 to 25. So uh, he believes that that 15 to 25 is the strongest part of this draft compared uh, to others. Yeah. Compared to others. Yeah. And uh I truly believe, because I think they're going to have multiple first round picks going into next year. I believe they're going to package a couple of those together and try to get a top 15 or a top, another top 10 pick. That's what I think they're going to do. Yeah. I can see them maybe taking their, whatever is the latest of the first round picks packing, patching, yeah. putting that together with say a couple of the seconds and moving that up. Yeah. Um, if they get another pick, in my opinion, right now, I think what's going to end up happening, depending on the team that's going to be trading for them, I think they're going to try to look for one in 2023. Because right now, their their pick that they would be given to Carolina is top 10 protected. Obviously, Canadians are going to finish outside the top 10, so their first for next year is already going to Carolina. No. Carolina gets their other first-round pick this year. Oh, that's... The, the Coyotes get the, the Carolina The Coyotes pick. one. Sorry. Oh, sorry yeah, the Coyotes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I forgot, it, forgot about if, that one. Yeah. If the Canadians' own pick was outside the top ten, right, then Arizona gets the Canadians' pick. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But because they're within the top ten, they protect that one, and the and they Carolina pick goes to Arizona. They get the Carolina pick. Yeah. 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 However, what I was going to say was, um, 
What was I going to say? So you drew my train of thought there, Matt, with your misinformation. Um, fake news. <laughs> with your fake I, news. I can only I can only do so much from Ottawa. Right? Your, your so. misinformation. <laughs> anyway, I lost it. I don't know what I was going to say. You were going to say I'm going to pepper spray the shit out of you, Matt. That's yeah. right. And then I'm going to throw water in your face because we know how that makes it all better. That makes it so much better. Hold the yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. Pour water in your eyes after the pepper spray. I suggest it. It is the best method to make me laugh. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally lost what I was going to say. So. Uh, all right. Well, we'll yeah. if it comes back to you, bring it up. We'll go back to it. But we'll just move on from that to talk about some of the rumors going around. So right now, Sherrod is clearly the odds-on favorite to go next. Yes. Probably by in the, the next the few days is the I rumor. Think by the end of the weekend. Probably. I'm guessing by Sunday he's going to be gone. Right so, after I write my news and rumors article for the hockey writers, he'll be traded. As soon well, as I put it in, as soon as I put it in to be edited, he'll be traded. That's why Mel and I told you on the Slack channel, we told you not to not to write it until Sunday. <laughs> well, I'm writing everything else beforehand, so I'm just gonna wait till midnight. <laughs> yeah um so but it, it looks like he's he's gonna be the next one and there was talk that he was you know on toronto's list but according to um uh frank cervelli yes cervelli uh, rumor jesus uh that he is not gonna be he's like maybe third or fourth on their list so it's unlikely that he goes there but right now it looks like the rangers and the panthers are the the teams at the head of it. St. Louis so, has some interest as well. St. Louis, do, yeah. the Bruins, Calgary. Apparently, Calgary was no, part Calgary's of the falling out now. Well, Calgary, what, Calgary was part of they yeah. they wanted him part of a bigger deal, and on one on one side they said nay, but they don't want to give up another first round pick, yeah. and that's what it's going to take to get Sherrod. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, um, knowing that. A first is the target, and that's going to be the value that he gets on the trade market. Whether anybody who comes up with some of these advanced stats cards admitted or not, he is going to get a first round pick or the equivalent thereof. Yeah. So with the Rangers and with Florida, who what do you think is going to be the return? If it's, if it's just a pick, or are they going to go for a prospect? Uh, uh, Treg, what do you think? Well, with Florida, it's going to have to be a prospect unless they get a first yeah. for next year. Do you um, think Owen Tippett, maybe? I think they'll push for Lundell, although I don't think he's oh, available. No. Um, I, I'd say Owen no Tippett. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like Owen Tippett coming back the other way. Um, he's on the market. He is, but there's a reason he's on the market. Yeah. Um, I personally believe, and I'm going to throw another name in this little rumor thing. I think Sherrod Lechner are both going to the Rangers, and I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a first comeback in either uh, is it Lud- Ludvist, Nils Lundqvist, Nils Lundqvist, yeah, Lundqvist, uh, like a Lundqvist or Kratzoff or both or something like that. I think there's going to be some mega deal that's going to go both ways. Um, I believe that the Canadians believe they can get a first for both. Sherratt and uh, Lekkinen. So I think if they can package them together, the Rangers would like the two of them. Uh, they could probably get a good haul out of the first with a with a a prospect, a prospect, and maybe a Kratzov or maybe even a Schneider. I know you've been preaching for Schneider there uh, uh, 
it's or maybe two good prospects like maybe a lunk i mean i'm pushing here but maybe yeah. a lunk with Anna schneider but uh depends on how deep the rangers want to go and how hard they're, they they want to go in i guess but that that's what i think i don't think florida is in the picture because i think owen Tippett's the guy they want to give up and i don't think he's the prospect that uh montreal wants yeah if, if you're going to go with the rangers i've been a big proponent of going after schneider mm. that's the guy that um Gordon traded up to get in the 2020 draft. He's a big, heavy hitting, mobile, right-handed defenseman. He's got a little bit of offense to his game. He, he I think he'd be a fit for the Canadians long-term. Lundqvist would be an excellent choice as well. Uh, I think, Matt, you were, you're bang on with that one. Um, Kravtsov, eh, I'm, I'm indifferent. But if you can get, uh, you can get two of these prospects, if you can get both Lundqvist and and uh, Schneider, <laughs> do it. And I would take the first. Both. Yeah, I was gonna say I would take both of them over the first. Yeah, but uh, I, I think a, uh, I think there's too many connections to Kratzov on Montreal right now with uh, Barbarov yeah. in there and Gorton, and I, that's why I think he's some way. I think he's going to end up a Canadian. I don't care if he's Canadian either. I don't think he's I gonna think be any... I think that the Rangers have more pieces. Um, to offer at this moment because as you said Treg uh, Florida right now no first no second this year so a deal would have to be made for a future so that's why I was saying if they if they did reach for another first it probably would be a 2023 yeah. um, the, the guy that I'd be looking at would be more like a Justin Sordiff type um, place for Edmonton right now so they've got that connection with Gooley who also just got traded there not too long ago uh, played for Team Canada got suspended as well while playing for Team Canada um, I would look at somebody like that I just think the Rangers are a little bit more deep prospect wise yeah. plus they've also got their first this year uh, they've got two seconds they've got St. Louis's second round pick and uh, when I'm looking at uh, prospects I'm big on Schneider as well I really was looking at him during the draft um, the year he was picked um, I think that they would definitely have to wow the can uh, to wow the Rangers a little bit to pry him out um for me, that would be like a dream, like a like a dream pickup, really to 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 to, to bring him in because he's a very physical player. He doesn't take a lot of penalties, doesn't do the stupid shit, but he'll play yeah. through the boards. Um, and, and you bring in a, a guy like that, you've got Gooley, you've got Jack Eye, et cetera, that play that kind of style. Uh, I think he'd be a hell of a pickup. But for me, um, I know that you brought up Niels Lungfist. Um, I'm not really looking at him as much. Um, I'm looking if they're going to go for a prospect that's not Kraftstov because everyone's talking about him. I'd be looking at uh, Brennan Othman from Flint, or I'd be looking at uh, Will Cooley, who just played for uh, who just played for the um, for Team Canada as well. Right now, he's playing for the Spitfires. He's got 26 goals in 35 games. He's a bigger body. Uh, he's at six three two yeah six three two oh four on a wing. So that's who I'd kind of be looking at if they can't get someone like a Schneider, but it's, yeah. it's going to really depend. And if, if, as you said, if you think both, um, um, Sherratt and Lekkonen are going, then we could see maybe some of these bigger names come up, draft picks, et cetera. The thing is too, you got to look at speed and skill because that's the prospects they're looking at. Yes. So, yeah. so that's why, that's, yeah. So that's defense, why I kind of, yeah. So yeah. that's why I kind of looked at Othman 
because yeah. he's not the biggest guy in the world, but and he can move and he can put the puck in the net, right? So they seem to be targeting speed, size, and skill. Yeah. All together. Yeah. So I, I would not be surprised by uh Cooley being yeah, no. uh Cooley being someone wouldn't they surprise go for. me at all. No. Um but if you're giving up both Lekkonen and Sherratt, you better get the equivalent of two firsts. Well, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. you're trading Lekkonen and yeah. Sherratt, then you're looking at a Lundqvist and a first or a Schneider and a first or a Lundqvist and a Schneider. or Yeah, a, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, if it's a Rangers, Kratzow's going to be in that deal somewhere. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to, and he's a first round pick. So yes, yeah. You know. Now, uh, moving on from that to the next rumor, uh, it was announced on RDS that the Canadians have been scouting the Washington Capitals to get uh, get their hands on Ilya Samsonov, the goaltender. So Who's currently their starter. Yeah, well, that's until their starter comes back from the injured reserve. Their goalie of the future is going to come back to the from the injured reserve. And Zachary for Kali? No. <laughs> uh, so, to me, this kind of point, if they're going to be going for uh, a young up and coming 24 year old goaltender who has starter written all over him. This to me says that Carey price probably not coming back. I see. Yeah, I look at it another way. I look at it as Jake Allen could be moved out and they're not confident in Caden Primo and you have Carey price mentoring. Samson. Well, I bring up the fact that Price may not be coming back because he is now back into the gym. He can't. He can't continue scheduled. skating. But that was scheduled. Yeah, he but was he scheduled he, to go into the gym this week. And, but he had surgery last summer, and he is still not skating regularly. That's an issue. For me, I, I look at it this way: um, if if Washington wants to make a run, they're likely going to go after a guy like Mark Andre Fleury. That's what I, that's what I would yeah, see yeah, yeah. for and obviously there's going to be a bidding war there. Other teams are going to reach out. We might see Pittsburgh. We might see Edmonton, et cetera. Um, what I see in a possible um, pickup of a guy like Samsonov is more insurance for price to have a guy that can play a little bit more of a starting role who's young, who can learn from him, et cetera. Just in case he does go down, you might have somebody that can, uh, that can, you know, pick up a little bit more and uh, it's not going to be as much of a, a burden on another guy. That's not, that's not a, uh, that's not a, uh, a kick, you know, a kick at uh, Allen or anything is I think Allen did the best that he could with what he had in front of him and obviously injuries and everything else. But Allen's is a, is a very good contract. He's a he's a good backup, and he could probably be moved to a team for a for a uh, for a decent uh, for a decent haul. But with Vanacek there in Washington, he is their starter. He's only twenty six. I don't know if they're going to be going for a goaltender. Maybe they'll want uh, Lekkinen. You know, they brought in uh, Eller from the Canadians last time. Yeah, they had they extra scout at the game the... last night too. Yeah. yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if Lekkinen is the guy that Washington wants because they need some help for forward depth. Yeah, because right now they're missing Mantha and Oshie. Yeah. yeah. And even with them back, they still need someone that can play in that bottom six that can take the defensive role. Yeah. So I would not be surprised by that. And would that be an even up trade? I don't know. But 
that's that's kind of what I'm thinking of from that end. It also shows that Montreal's not looking at having a slow rebuild. No, if they're trying to get in a guy like Samsonov as their starter, uh, whether Price comes back or not. Right? It shows that yeah, we're going to rebuild, but we're going to get good young players in, not you know, and we're going to mix them in with these really young players. Similar to what Gorton did in what team was he with? Oh, the New York Rangers. A very and, aggressive uh, rebuild. Correct. So if they can get Samson of it, I mean, I'm either way you look at it, you look at price as I mean, they said it was a scheduled, he's supposed to go into the gym this week and not skate. Uh I don't know. They've I, also said that he was only going to be gone for a week at one point, and then he missed the whole year. Well, I, uh, I find this new management group very much more transparent than the yeah, old management group. It's true. Um, whatever happens with Price, I'm going to put it to you this way. Ken Hughes said an interesting thing when he traded to Foley. To Foley was almost 30, 30. And we found that we had the right trade for him, and we traded so I'm going to say right now, any player 28 and above, if they get the right offer, will be traded from the Montreal Canadiens. Come on, yes. Cedric Packett. Done. 28 years old. Traded or not, he's, he's not going to be back next year. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think that's what they're looking at. I think they want to look at a team that's, I mean, I think you're going to see Gallagher stay around. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But again, if the right contract, Gallagher's 32 years old. So if the right offer comes for Gallagher, although his contract's really not going to. He may want to, he may want to win and he may not get that in Montreal. So that could be a factor. I think if you're going to be keeping any, any veterans, it'll probably be Paul Byron. who yeah, Paul Byron, flat out yeah. said he wants to live in Montreal yeah. full time. And that that's where he wants to retire. So to, to Foley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I but, think the next forward we're going to see move. Um, that's in that 30 range is going to be Hoffman. I don't see him moved until next year. I really don't. There, I can't there, see there are him. rumors saying that they're shopping him, but yeah, I, I don't see another team wanting him until next year. It's almost I'm, like they're trying to get rid of everyone that Bergevin recently either signed or traded for. Or, well, or he brought in these people to kind of tread water. Uh, now, even uh, Edmondson is now looking at a surgery for his back. So what's going to happen to him next year? Is he going to be able to come back or is he done? Because back surgeries are a tricky thing. Um, Savard, he's going to probably stay for that veteran presence because I don't see anyone wanting to trade for him at this point. Yeah, He's only 31. Uh, He's He's only 31, but still, you still need to keep some veterans there anyway. Yeah, Um, yeah, the Gallagher one is tricky. They're going to be veterans that fit their concept. That's yeah. right. Byron so being one of them. Byron, uh, Byron being speedy and skilled and stuff. Yeah, Josh like that. Anderson staying. Josh, oh, they've, they've already yeah. pretty much said he was staying. Uh, and he's only twenty six. He's not twenty seven yet. Gallagher is a tricky one because he can bring leadership to the team. He he's, he's heart and soul. But I think the Gallagher is going to be up to Gallagher. I think that whole Gallagher situation is going to come down to what Gallagher wants. Does he want to stay and be the leader for the Canadians or does he want to go someplace to win? But then it goes back to how aggressive this rebuild is going to be, because if this rebuild is only going to be two to three years, he's halfway through his contract. He's only halfway through his contract by the time the rebuilds where it should be. Yeah. And also the, I know that cap is an issue, but if Carey Price is not coming back, 
that's $10.5 million more that they can use. Because if he goes on LTIR, and that's in, I, I honestly think that's the direction we're headed. He, I don't, you know, <clears throat> he had surgery last July and he is still not skating on a regular basis. That does not bode well. I've got, I've got knee injuries and issues. I, I know that's but not he also good. had hip surgery where he, did, or he also had a hip issue where he didn't have surgery. So it's not just his knee. It's, it's, it's his knee and his hip. But they've mentioned his knee has been the issue. So. I, I think mean, Kerry comes back. I, if I, he comes back, he comes back. But if he doesn't, back. he goes on the LTIR. Sure. I'm then okay we get t-shirts. 10.5. You know, like. Mm-hmm. 18.3. 18.3. <laughs> that's right. Just, you know, like that. Vegas is going to get a, a Mark Stone t-shirt with his cap hit on it. And, oh, yeah. You know Mark it's Stone goes on LTIR as soon as Jack Eichel comes off LTIR. Mm-hmm. And the last little bit before we sign off, because we're getting to the end of the show, the Canadians currently have about eight and a half million dollars in available cap space for the deadline. Now, of that eight and a half, they're going to need approximately one million dollars to cover off their bonuses that they've owed from last year, plus the ones that they're going to owe this year. So let's say seven million. That's deadline space. That's not for moving on to next year. That's just for this year's deadline. It's actually 9.4. There you go. So let's say it's seven anyway. Mm-hmm. They've got $7 million to play with. It, when it, There's rumors that they're willing to take 50% of Sherratt's cap. So there's, there's about two. So we're down to five. The Avalanche are, are rumored to be in on Giroux. The Canadians could easily be a third party where they take half of that. So Philly takes half the, the, the contract, trades him to Montreal. Montreal takes half of what's remaining, sends him to the Avalanche, and the Canadians end up with what? Another second-round pick or something along those lines. They, don't have they a can weaponize that. Yeah, they don't have a first or second for this year either. Colorado doesn't does. need to be this year. It could be the but following I'm just year. saying. It's just, yeah. yeah. But that's, the, I, you know, that kind of idea. Weaponize it, use it, get another asset. And then next well. year... It's wiped it's off, off the books. books. It's off the books, yeah. yeah. It's an idea. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they went from cap hell to uh, next year where they'll, I think they're going to have loads of cap space, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I, and I, that's the I, key to the management group right now. I'm looking forward to seeing if this is going to be a, a, an aggressive rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. Um, and if they're going to be in on some of the free agents next year and, and, and how they build, if they're going to build through prospects and build through development, or if they're going to try to be aggressive and pick up a couple of these guys and kind of do uh, kind of do a mix of. I think if they go get Samsonov, that tells you right there, they're going for an aggressive rebuild. Yeah. If, if and, they and don't, that doesn't, then they're even not. if they do, it doesn't tell me they're going to be players in the UFA market this summer. The one thing that tells me if they will or not is if they can get Jeff Peach removed by the, by the draft day. Yeah. If they can get him moved and they don't take any money back, then I'll say, yeah, they're going to be players in the free agency market. Yeah. 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 It's obviously where I'm getting ahead right now. Just if they did get, let's say the first overall pick, they, they brought in a guy, they brought in a guy um, like Shane Wright and they were able to bring him in. It'll, it'll say a lot about the team and where they think they, they stand on and where he stands on a development um, plateau. If we see him 
as a as a regular next year and if they fast track him or not. I don't think I don't think it's a good idea to bring up any of the guys that they have. No, no, no. But but, but that's but that'll be a sign of where they see him and proper development, not just not just filling a position for need. Right. I, I don't think this management group is going to take that approach like the last one did. I don't see Gooley being on the team next year, if anything, down in Laval. Um, yeah, I think him and Jack I will both hit Laval and and and, and uh, bang uh, up some people. Meshack, I think Meshack yeah. as well will be down yeah. there. I, I see them staying down there for a full year before any of them come up, yeah. and, and that includes Shane Wright. Shane Wright would be in the juniors for another year, I think. If they which would be the right, which which watching games right now yeah. would be the right move. Yeah, give him more time because we miss, he missed an entire season last year. That messes with your development time. So you yeah. just leave him there. Give him that extra that year that he missed and just just go with it. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see from this group. They're going to be a little bit more, even if they're aggressive, I think they're going to be a lot smarter with their development. Which is neat. Oh, yeah. Does Montreal sign Jordan Harris? Yes or no? Yes. Buddy? Yes. Does he play in Montreal or Laval? Montreal right away. Montreal right away, and then well, Montreal right away, and then uh, we'll see what happens at training camp, and uh, probably Laval. Yeah, because uh, the reason why the uh, press conference for the Toffoli trade happened a day later is because he was down. Yeah, they were to watch his sons, but he also he also uh, admitted that he spoke to to Harris, and he did say that he is confident he will sign. Now Sean Farrell has said he's going to play another year in university. Yeah. Do you think it's just the same? He just wants to play another year in university, or do you think it's? No, I think he needs it for development. Oh, I, I think he does too. Like I, I have no issue with him playing another year, but I, you know how people look at the whole. Oh, he's going to play another year. He doesn't want to be with Montreal. Oh, but uh, I think I, it, I, I think it's another guy that they'll sign. I'm man. not a big fan of that whole rule with the NCAA players. That, oh, nobody, you know, nobody fucking likes that. Like I mean, um, CHL players, you're you're with this team, and you're pretty much with this team till they say you're not, and then NCAA AA are like, oh, I got drafted by them. Eh, I'll just stay in university, and once my three years is up, I'll just become go a where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Like a guy like Blake Biondi, I think, is going to be the guy they sign this year. Really? Could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah. What about James? But I, I'm confident that Harris will sign. What about Jaden Struel? I think he'll sign next year. I think he could benefit from another year. Yeah. Well, especially after all if, the injuries. Yeah, especially if Harris signs, he'll be a guy that can jump up and that can that'll get bumped up fine and play a little bit more meaningful role. He's already playing a pretty good role as it is, but you know what I mean. All right. Uh, so, do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to pass on? Uh, for me, just uh, congrats to the, uh, the Canadian women's team for bringing home the gold and doing better than what the boys could do. Play like a girl. <laughs> That's it for me. I just want to say congrats to all the uh, Olympic participants who've won medals for Canada. Uh, we're doing pretty good this year. Congrats to the women's team for winning their gold. Uh, we had no doubt. And uh, that's it. Let's just keep enjoying hockey. Montreal hockey is exciting again, whether they win or lose. And uh, it's exciting. It's like off season right now. And uh, all season long. Yeah. So let's just keep the excitement up. <laughs>
Quit bitching uh, I, about people they hire. And I want to congratulate everybody who made the Olympics. I know the sacrifice that they have made just to make it, uh, the price that their family had to pay. I, I know this because I'm paying a massive fee for my daughter who's, who's going to be uh, entering Olympic trials here coming up soon to see if she can make it to that level. And if she can't, that's fine. But I know what they have to do to get to that point, and it is not easy. So I tip my cap. Why are you um, building that shed that says daughter's outhouse in the backyard? Is that if she doesn't it's already make built. It to the Olympic team? Is that if she doesn't make it to the Olympic team, that's where she got to stay? Well, it's a doghouse. I, I just cut a hole into it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's just a doghouse. You didn't make it. <laughs> Until you can pay me back all the money that I've spent, you're living there. That's going to take a while. <laughs> oh, boy, it's going to take a while. But yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. You guys have been sending us uh, comments and ideas. And, uh, you've been interacting with us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, uh, sending us emails. Keep doing that. We'll do another mailbag soon. Uh, a few of you have been asking when the next one is. We're going to have one uh, probably in the next month or so. So um, once we do, we'll let you know. And uh, we'll answer whatever questions you send us. Uh, they don't have to be hockey related. They could be asking why Treg doesn't wear pants. Maybe he'll answer. Maybe he won't. Why Matt's so goddamn handsome. I say it's genetics, but you never know. Could have another reason. We'll see. He has a, fil- he has a filter on his camera. He has a filter. On it's, his all, camera. it's all, it's all, it's all filter. It I'm, really letting, is. I'm letting the cigarette out now. He has a filter <laughs> on his camera. He's single ladies. Uh, and that's and actually so, a 57 year old bald man. That, uh... <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So I just want to thank everyone for listening and, um, you know, just thank you. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. 
wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.